Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Live the Fuel show. So, uh, we've been busy. We've been recording a lot and doing a lot during this pandemic transition. So, I'm going to keep talking about it. We're recording in April because we'll be talking about this for months to come. Uh, but today's episode is not going to be about... Well, maybe we might talk a little bit about the pandemic, but hey, uh, I've got a new guest co-host, ladies and gentlemen, and at first I was trying to find a way to label this one, right, because we bring on experts from the health, business, and lifestyle world, and as I dug into the guy's background, dug into his website and what my team had sent me, I was like, okay, well, yeah, we could talk business, but actually, I definitely want to talk about health, because this guy might know a little bit about water, and uh, anybody knows from my health and background, if you're not hydrating, you're dying. Uh, but we'll dig more into that because, ladies and gentlemen, my new guest co-host here, um, he doesn't look like a bomb thrower. I'm, we'll have to dig into that, too. I love his bio. But, uh, you know, he's <laughs> driving a disruption of this is no joke. It's a tr- trillion, not billion, not million, trillion dollar industry um, that has fallen behind the times. And it literally is affecting the health of millions of people around the world. And that big industry, as I already hinted about, is the water industry. So there's a lot more of this gentleman. He's uh, he's dialing in today from Los Angeles, California. We're screen sharing and doing some fun with our green screen bat virtual backgrounds. And he's actually sharing his uh, view from his backyard in California. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome Riggs Eckleberry, sir. Welcome to the show. It's a great pleasure, Scott. Thank you very much. And I'm uh, since we're having fun with our virtual backgrounds, I'm going to shut mine at least off because... I don't like having a video playing the whole time behind me. <laughs> but now your backdrop, sir, that's something I wouldn't mind standing behind. Great. I mean, is that actually today or was that just a shot a shot you took like in the middle of summer? Well, it literally just looks like that right now. I'm looking at my window. Uh, but so, you know, summer, winter, it's pretty much the same, except it's greener now. Yeah. Um, so it's roughly a little bit, you know, 20% greener. But uh, what what's good about it, well, you don't. It's this, if it were live, you'd see this gopher holes right now, but it's not live. So too bad. Yeah, you get to see a perfect lawn. Yeah, well, I, I'm with you. It's it's. I'm here. I'm an hour north of Philadelphia, an hour west of New York City, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So it's a great spot. Uh, it's all spring up here. I've been mountain biking a lot more. But I will say though, today it decided to drop down into like the low 40s, and then a friend of mine said he got an inch of snow up north. So I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, granted. You and I were joking around before we started the show. You're a fellow ski buff and ski nut. And admittedly, I actually normally am skiing this time of year still. So how about you, by the way? How late in a season have you ever gone? Well, we are very privileged with Mammoth Mountain, which typically yes. is open to July 4th, right? Um, so we've we've done the skiing. Um, you know, I don't like skiing in shorts because if you fall, it is so freaking painful. Yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a t-shirt mind you so you get you get the legs you get the arms it's uh yeah not enjoyable hamburger hamburger but uh no but when i was living in colorado i was telling you off the show that that uh you know for my 40th uh birthday i had a, a big um you know middle-aged moment and i ski bummed up in colorado and in fact i was there for i worked up in the resort for uh, for a winter and then stayed there for a couple of years and one year, I literally skied every single month of the year, which is like, yes. That's right? solid. That's solid. <laughs> that's a strong That's a strong work. I mean, that is the advantage of Colorado. I used to live in Golden outside of Denver. And yeah. uh, actually, my wife's parents, we have a house out in uh, with the family out in Edwards. So we're always out of Vail every year. We were there in January, actually. So, uh, which it, it totally justifies, like, wait a minute, there's already a house. There's already a spare car in the garage because uh, her parents retired. And that's her state. They live out there half the year. And they live here half the year. So I was like, there's no reason not to go to Colorado because I just have to get a plane ticket. And if I don't want to rent a car, I'll just hit a shuttle because there's a car waiting for us at the house. So I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, these are totally first world problems, mind you. So um, I, I've been saying that, by the way, a lot lately. Fun transition since we're digging into the show now. Like, you know, with the pandemic, you know, it's it's unfortunate. OK, but I will say this. It's just a whole lot of stuff happening at one time versus what we've seen stretched out over a year with other illnesses and, and i'm not trying to downplay it but when i'm what i have been saying a lot lady is this this joke of oh my god we have such first world problems and that's even true right now a lot of people are like oh my god i have to 
plan how to go to the store. Like at least you have a giant grocery store full of a ton of food and supplies. Like the the the, the TP debacle. Like okay, it was a debacle for a week. <laughs> These are totally first world problems. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, this in 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 other places in the world they use the leaves from the branches, and that's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. They get, they get, I call that extra crunchy when you're outdoorsy and you're just you know you're really getting into that mother nature. Um, I learned that crunchy slang when I was in, in California, actually. Uh, a friend of mine said that one time years ago. He's like, uh, he's like, you're not going to turn over those crunchy Coloradans because he found out I was moving there. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, <laughs> like, I was like, does he mean I'm not bathing? I mean, like, <laughs> he said, well, you know, the, the hippie-ish, you know, crunchy. You're going to be eating granola and doing yoga and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm in California right now. Like, isn't that the same thing? Like, there's a lot of that there, too. Like, it was a weird joke. So... Uh, well, Californians are, are crunchy, but they commute as well. Ah, right. crunchy commuters. There we go. So you guys do have a lot of commuting in LA, man. I mean, would you believe? I mean, you you have the feeling too. But I'm driving around. It's like 3 a.m. all day around here. I know, right? Yeah. Like you guys are in a weird place right now. It's like I heard. I heard all the major cities, like all the smog is lifting, and the views are improving too. Well, people are going, isn't that wonderful? I'm like, yeah, but guess what? No smog, no work. Right. So, you know, um, if there's no smog, it is the end of civilization, just so you know. Mm. Right. Because we haven't transitioned. It's just what the reality is. Fossil fuels are terrible. And we'll talk a little bit about how we got into business to replace fossil fuels. Um, But um, but nonetheless, it is the current paradigm. So if fossil fuels aren't burning, guess what? Bills aren't being paid. Simple. Right. It is actually visually appealing but also visually aligned with what you just explained there it's like wait a minute there's this, there's another telltale sign here like stuff's not moving things aren't happening right that's that's a concern and that's why I, I've, I've already brought this up on some personal podcasts recently in the past probably month already and other shows i've gone on like guys like we need to really keep a close eye on oh i don't know the economy i'm not trying to downplay health i'm a big health advocate but that's also why i'm not i have been worried this whole time because i'm a health and fitness nut and I know how to take care of myself. So that being said, people haven't thought about the economy until probably now. We'll be recording this in April, uh, going into May. And it's like, wow, yeah, people, like, yeah, that's going to last longer than this pandemic. And I don't think people understand that. Scott, I think it's really interesting because we saw it happen early on because, you know, we, we were public companies. Mm -hmm. So we, we have offerings for investors and, and, we saw China shut down. Like, whoa, that's like domino coming. Domino, even if the rest of the world was fine, just China shutting down for a month, right there, you got yourself a, a real problem. And as you know, in fact, literally in what was it late late January, I was looking at a uh, at a you know one of these trading firms doing a webinar, and they're saying, okay, all our numbers are pre-virus. They were already saying pre-virus and the numbers they had on a grid, all the indicators going down and then going out. And with time, it went redder and redder into November, right? So already we were baked in for a recession. And what obviously it did was accelerate it. Now, acceleration is a very important term because very early on, we realized that every single trend out there is being accelerated by the virus. And so you go, okay, what is happening anyway is going to happen even faster with the added bonus that anybody doing something physical like serving food is in deep trouble. So what we realized was all of a sudden our potential investors and our existing investor base were freaked out about the stock market. Oh yeah. And, and we went, Oh my God. Well, fortunately we haven't sold stock in in years. We, we sell a yield product uh, so that people are generally, you know, um, protected, but we had to look at, wait a minute. Um, what happens to us in the water business? So for, before we go on, I'd like to just quickly recap how we got into this business and the, the problems we're, we're, we're faced with. Sure, that, yeah. Okay, so and I'm going to turn, out, turn off my base camp notifications so that we can actually have a conversation. Oh, the base camp guy. Yeah, I've worked on a few <laughs> projects in that world. So, Yeah, and it's very intrusive. Anyway, um, and, mo- and most of these things are like bullshit, like texting and stuff. Right? Oh, yeah. I think it's just, it's a way for web designers and web developers to look fancier. Uh, I mean, I work, I hire a bunch of them and they all look, they all work in Basecamp. I'm like, you could do, I could do this, a lot of the same stuff without it. Right. It's spreadsheet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I approve of process. So oh, yeah. we, 
I came out of the dot-com, in fact. And so in the 90s, I was part of the craziness. 2000 for me was a good thing because I was able to build real companies after that. You know, I was involved with, for example, um, getting uh, yellowpages.com, got its liquidity with my help, various things like that. Cool. And then I wound up taking a company public uh, called Cyber Defender. That um, I remember the Cyber Defender. Well, wasn't that? Cyber I, I worked in the tech space, so that's why I was, I'm, yeah, IT world, all of it. So, but yeah. I was like, wait, well, I haven't uh, that name in a while. <laughs> Cyber Defender, I came along. Uh, they, they, they were um, a slightly disreputable malware player, yep. like supposedly against malware, but you wondered if they were putting the malware there to then capitalize on it. You never knew quite what was Did going on. Did they ever on. clarify that? Because, I mean, dude, I haven't <laughs> talked about this in a long time. Yeah, my one of my developer buddies, and he was he was a network engineer and security engineer. So he was. This is the, how I know about all that stuff. And I was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, there's two schools of thought on that. <laughs> Well, um, I, it, personally, I just think they just went ahead and even if you had none or some, they just said, you have malware and they would do the crash sell. But I was brought along because they bought in some good technology and I was like, okay, I was asked to upgrade the company and I was the COO and president. And um, I saw that they couldn't let go of their habits. Corporate cultures are very hard to change. And so as I was helping them make their IPO, I was like, you know what? In about five years, they're going to crash. And that's when I decided to move on. And sure enough, five years later, they crashed. Mm. But having had that experience of, okay, I'm done being a number two. What I want to be now is a masochist and run a company. <laughs> okay. And Interesting decision uh, transition there. <laughs> right. Uh, so, well, I just, I got tired. You know, I'm willing to, I'll report to funds and institutions and the public much more happily than to a CEO. I'm just, that's how I am, right? Yeah. So, because I think that in, at the end of the day, it's more Darwinian to work with the market, right? And and bosses tend to be uh, arbitrary and non-Darwinian. So and there's um, there's a funneling effect going on. They have they there's a there, yeah you're not getting the pure message. So it's been filtered. So yeah. many many of my um, challenges were during the dot com was convincing boards of this company. I, I'm not going to get into that company because we'd be on for hours, <laughs> but convincing them of something that they really should do and they were being completely foolish how do you fix that right and there's really only one way and that is to do some test marketing and go see it's working and i i, I can't break it down it's already going oh my god it's moving so i pioneered this thing called mistake-based marketing post 2000 which basically dealt with the fact that you nobody had budgets for surveys so you just go ahead and try things it actually turned into the best way to roll things out which is yeah. try stuff right okay fast forward to the company that I was able to start which was origin oil at the time and the concept was that algae was the original oil that's what petroleum came from mm -hmm. not dinosaurs algae um, and so there's basically reverse speed up the process make make petroleum in real time. And we ended up specializing in one specific area, which was harvesting the algae. Okay. It was actually really hard because you can't use a butterfly net. It's microscopic. And so getting that algae out of suspension became our specialty with our electrocoagulation process. And then the algae business fell apart. Why? Because um, fracking started and the oil price crashed. And all of a sudden you needed about $120 a barrel to make algae work initially. And the entire algae space just turned into a science science experiment, which is I what it is. I remember that. There was a big, I mean, I haven't heard much about that in a while. Admittedly, it's not been as right. hot of a discussion item. Yeah. Well, you know, if, it's obviously a good nutritional product, et cetera. And, and we have, we still have one or two licensees that do it for that purpose. But as a, as a world changing thing, as a biofuel, it's going to be a while yet. So we then were presented with a choice. Are we going to shut down or pivot? Well, I'm a big pivoter. So, um, and I hate to shut down. Can we, can so we, can we pause real quick on that? And then you can expand on it later. But it's like okay. the power of pivoting. There's been powerful public speakers coming out on those that themes of subjects of the past couple of years. Great books, great authors. And some of the best influencers in, that I've met over the years talk about maybe they don't always call it pivot. But right now, that was when the, I literally did a post this morning about this to my following because my guys like – this whole PPP thing and saving small businesses, like technically, you know, I was like, I'll apply because we sh we're all supposed to, but I was like, I'm not counting on that. I'm pivoting. I'm reinventing things. I, I acquired new clients recently that I never would have gone after because 
survival is challenge. Entrepreneurship is risk. It, it's all there. So, but I just love the fact that you threw the word pivot in there. And I don't think a lot of people understand the power of that in life and in business actually. So, yeah. And, and early on, you know, as you say, people didn't get it. So like literally in the late nineties, I was, um, I was working for one firm and, and I was trying to feed a sales force with new tech product and mm-hmm. I would license the product, throw it up, create the whole thing. And they would try and sell it. And then ah, it didn't work, tear it down. And my, the boss, the owner was like, dude, you just created a whole company in a day and now it's gone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's who cares? It's I, got, useless. I got another one in my back pocket. We got this. So we- <laughs> Which, in order to be able to simulate it properly, the company has to be real, right? So I've been accused of pivoting too much and that's valid. And, but, but let's, let's get on with it because um, we were then forced to figure out what to do with our technology. And it turned out that we could easily get uh, waste out of water which is very similar to algae, it's just suspended particles, right? Mm-hmm. So we, our same electrocoagulation process worked for organic materials in water. And then we later expanded on the te- technology. And so then we were in a phase of, we're in the water industry. Well, guess what? I would not have chosen the water industry to start with, and here's why. Hmm. It is a huge industry, as you pointed out in the intro, but it grows very slowly, three to 6% per year, which as a tech guy, that's like, standing still. In fact, it's yeah, slower yeah. than population growth, actually. But right? it's great for those simple people who just want something slow and guaranteed. I mean, right? I don't know. I mean, from an, as an investment standpoint, like some people right. want and a big so, risk. So ex- huge, there's, you know, huge players like Veolia and World Waterworks are great companies. They've had, they've done really well in um, in the stock market, primarily because, well, they're, they're environmental and social governance favorites. So I'm not going to get into that because there's a whole agenda over that, that drives a lot of overinvestment into specific vehicles. So despite the lack of growth, well, you know how they make up for it. American Waterworks has a billion dollar a year M&A budget. Billion. Oh, is that all? Oh, oh. I guess you could probably get a couple things done with that. <laughs> right. Well, what they do is they buy, you know, they buy 10, $100 million companies and then they're done, right? Okay. Because yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> Don't buy, don't buy a hundred or a thousand, right? That becomes progressively harder. So, so basically, water companies grow by acquisition. That's the standard way it happens. Veolia is like that, and they've been around since the time of Louis the Fourteenth, oldest company in France, and they've always been that way. This sort of engulf and devour. Now that's okay, but the problem is, is that as it's, as a as an industry, water does not adopt new technology very easily. Hmm. Um, and is this good reasons for there's good reasons for the lack of growth, good reasons for the lack of adoption, which is public health. You don't want to like fart around with something that might not work. Um, the tried and true, etc. So I can see that. But there's an additional major factor in the water industry, which is that since 1960, there's been progressively growing operation and maintenance costs, meaning that no infrastructure spending happening. They're spending everything on maintenance. It's been growing and growing and growing. It was $17 billion in 1960 is now over $74 billion. Wait, are we talking about the water industry or the oil industry? Because yeah. that's how, that's how I, it's the same thing I hear from the refineries. They're all out of date. And I mean, you know, back Nobody's then. spending money on, on infrastructure. Yeah. The government is spending on it, but also private industry is not because it's quarter to quarter, all that crap. Hmm. So what you have is you have a degrading water infrastructure, which means that they're just kind of trying to hold it still. They can't, they cannot do innovative things, right? No. They're like, yeah, that sounds great, but. So you're kind of stuck with a. They got to maintain public health. They got to at least have the basic covenant with the user, which is I'll I'll take your water right. and clean. And then number two, they they're going to have to um, maintain good returns for either their their voters if they're municipal or for their their shareholders. So there's that problem. Now we're disruptive. We come into this space. We're trying to disrupt. We get absolutely nowhere. And I find out pretty soon that. Oh, it takes 12 to 15 years for a technology to be adopted in the water industry. How nice, right? <laughs> so that got us into another phase where we started doing some acquisition of working products and technologies, which has been going well until we hit the virus. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Now, there's been a trend that we've been identifying since 2016, which is called decentralization in water, meaning that because of the infrastructure breakdown, more and more water treatment is happening at the edge, right? Which is forced. Literally, the water uh, municipalities say, please, please treat the water. 
don't give us dirty water. We can't handle it okay. because of broken water mains and so forth. So a brewery, there's, there's um, you know, great examples of breweries that wanted to double in size. The municipality says, no, you can't. And for a couple of years, they trucked loads of water to the next county over until finally they paid for their own system because nobody was going to help them. That is very common, but nobody sees it because guess what? The residential user is still being serviced. They can still flush the toilet. So you and I as users don't notice it, but commercial, industrial, and agricultural users are running into that all the time. We became specialists in decentralized, meaning that our line of modular water systems, yeah. water systems in a box, the black box thing, um, really appeals to the decentralized user who just wants to solve the goddamn problem, right? Please just, can I just- Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't, they don't want to spend their career doing it. They're not, they're not water professionals. They're doing, they have a housing development and they just, they're located too far away from the sewage and they want to put in a, a black water reflush, right? Which is how you, black water is a good term for poop water. Yeah. And so they want to just put it up and be done with it, right? The, so, the other term is non-potable water, right? Well, non-potable includes gray. Okay, that's a good question. Okay, I was wondering about that. Only because we use gray water on wildfires. So uh, so there was always different tankers at the fire camps, you know, because we would be four seven in the middle of nowhere when I was doing that for a couple of years. So it was like, oh, yeah, that, that's your drinking water, and that's the other water. <laughs> By the way, you can use black water on fires. They don't care. That's true. It just wouldn't smell very well. Um, but then again, but it, I've been it, I've been painted it, by retardant jet drops, where you, we call it getting painted. But any of that stuff, the, the red slurry, Yep. It comes blown through the air from the airdrops. You're in California. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah we get it on our car. You ended up yeah. with stuff all over your car. I know. So the term, the term is, uh, it, the whole thing is, they said, listen, as, as especially as hot shots, we were supposed to never get painted. We're supposed to like have our, our essay up, what's called, like, keep your situational awareness up. You know where you're at. But then again, every once in a while, man, you can get a wind shift or you can get a pilot who just might have been a little off the, gui the guiding plane that, that flew in ahead of him. So, yeah. Getting painted is not something you want to do. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I would not anyway, want to get painted with, with black water for either. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> but, but you know, it's good, good nutrients for the soil. But anyway, um, so, the, so what the business user has a different mentality altogether, which we like, because they want to move fast. They don't care about the technology. They just want the damn thing to work. So yeah. this is great. But again, the virus hit. So now what changed? Because we suddenly saw this massive shift happening in real time in front of us, first with the investors. And then we saw, okay, the business is going to change. First of all, here's how it's settled up, just to cut to the chase. Yeah. On the one hand, government and big corporations are fine. Nothing's changed. Our division in Texas that deals with them, we, we, we checked this, this like major $2 million uh, project we're working to close in Vegas and okay. it's, ahead, it's all good. So um, these people, you know, not a single job has been lost in the public sector, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, funds are there, the, interest, the, the stimulus is going to come, we'll be doing shovel ready all over again. So that is stable, but remember it doesn't grow, right? right. So at least we got our base load and, and it's also our 25 people in McKinney, Texas are able to build other stuff for the other so side. It gives you guys, um, I don't want to call it a flat line, but a, a, a base, a, well, a foundation of, of steadiness, right? Like there's, okay, we got these contracts, these relationships, like this is going to at least keep us level. Uh, but obviously, to your point, are you, are you expecting any big spikes in business during this transition? Right? No, we, we see a maintain. maintain um, yeah. No, and uh, and I, I was so paranoid. I uh, we have a great uh, number two, uh, Tom Marchesella, who came out of U.S. Air Force Space Command. Whole other story there. Nice. But he is. Um, I said, Tom, please go deep. I'm freaked out about. It. And he went very deep, and he said, No, the contracts are real. There might be a bit of a delay because we, whatever, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, people in their homes and somehow they don't think they can work or something, but um, that the contracts are there, the money's there, nothing's happened. So I went, okay, fine. I could focus on the other side because now these decentralized projects, these everyday business projects that are the future of water really, uh, that are how we will fix. Because remember, even without the virus, major infrastructure projects weren't happening anyway True. so all of the uptake in water treatment was going to happen at the edge these now are endangered species they can't get funding there's no more capital right right and don't talk to me about the sba hmm. it will happen sometime you know in the fall people will start getting money uh, i mean money, not according to one of the articles i just saw this morning about 
uh, a very famous steak restaurant getting 20 million of that. <laughs> no, Ruth's Chris was a, was more than that. Anyway. Oh well, yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, uh, yeah. that's not an SBA. So I know. Well, it, it's legit by the terms of the PPP, but we won't yeah. get into the, the good, good news, bad news. But the point is, is that, um, we have people out there. I'm going to give you a great example. My friend, Steve and Claudia own a mobile home park, MHP trailer mm -hmm. park in Alabama. Okay. And did you know that, uh, everywhere below the Mason Dixon line, uh, trailer parks to this day, their main sanitation is a pond. They're still doing ponds. Wow. You drive by, I don't know if you've ever done this. You drive by the road down South and you see about, you see a little yeah. green pond. I used to, to live in, park. I used to live in Greenville, South Carolina for a little while. So, I never really thought about that. Wow. Those are poop ponds. That's the same thing as uh, the factory farming for pigs. Like all the big factory, they have, the, they have pink ponds, but whatever. The point is like they're, they, they all get stored there. Then it gets run through pumps and blah, 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 blah. So. Well, in, in the trailer parks, they just sit there and that's it. They just sit there. Um, and Like forever? What, well, the, 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 technically things are supposed to happen to them, but not much. Um, wow. It, it normally goes from a lagoon to a septic and septic, it seeps into the groundwater. Okay. The, the, right. So technically, but a lot of them are just, just the lagoon. Mm. Now the state EPAs of course have come down on this. They're trying to, well, they're trying to knock out trailer parks. Except guess what? There's a bunch of people that can only afford to live in the trailer. I was gonna say, you don't have to get rid of the park, improve the infrastructure, right? right. So, uh, so they've learned that they can't get rid of them. Um, do you know that, that your, your chances, this is, weird stat about like your chances of, of dying in a tornado or quadrupled if you live in a trailer park for some reason. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me either because I, I don't, it's weird how some of this math works out, but yes, I've, I've, I've heard that before too. And I was like, Oh man, that sounds so bad, but so true. So I don't know. There, there must be tornado magnets, but anyway, so my friends who live here in LA, they, they had this investment. They're trying to sell it and they, the EPA, um, the Alabama state EPA, whatever it's called said, well, you can't sell it until you fix this problem. Okay. They, for $500 that could have connected to the city sewage, the city said, no, 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 we're not going to take it. Oh. Like what the hell? These people aren't ratepayers. But that apparently was say they're paying taxes. They have a right to the city infrastructure. I'm telling you, there's a infrastructure is falling apart. Oh, that's true. I apologize. This is great. You're bringing this up. I just can't get the connection because they are, we have, I have a section of, on the edge of the city, there's a big uh, antique farm or whatever, and it's no longer going to be a farm. They, you know, a developer's going to build on it, but it's all held up because if they tap that new community in, like the infrastructure is already overwhelmed in that section of the city, so you'd have to run a completely all new infrastructure just to support that new community. And it was it was for an aging population community of maybe fifty to a hundred homes. So. That's where all the growth is, is all the overflow because infrastructure is not, not going to be improved anytime soon. So in this case, they were stuck and um, I said, maybe we can help. And in hmm. fact, we have a brilliant tech team. And one of them is this guy, Dan Early, who came to us with his five patents for these modular um, uh, structures, these self, uh, what they are, really these pipeline sections that you put you stuff all your water equipment in and you deliver that with a truck I some screen sharing and, while you talk about this because i want to find out where you're talking about i was already geeking out before the call on your technology page uh, well, your easy one just go to modularwater.com because oh, that's that's got some quick pictures you can take a look at well i'm, I'm wondering if i've seen these before because my biggest client is well, not this, this industry but the hvac industry and uh I, when I, I've, I've visited some big commercial job sites before and i've seen a lot of these converted containers or modular structures like this. So yeah, well, the ones yeah you you're using a shipping left. container, right? Well, that in that case, yes. But yeah. the top left and the top right are examples of pipelines being used. Top right is a pump station, so it's ver vertical. Yeah. Uh, top left is a wastewater treatment plant, and that is a 30,000 30, gallon per day system. Wow. Now, what, what? so Dan Early figured out a way to use, uh, you know, the stuff that you use for pipelines, which is a uh, kind of a honeycomb uh, thermoplastic structure, extremely strong. Oh, yeah. 100-year life, life cycle. Why? Because pipelines have to last, right? But it's comparatively very, very cheap. And so, um, because you're not buying a thousand miles of it, you're buying, you know, 40 feet of it. Oh, that's true. You're, uh, just, you're just plugging it in. So, right. ergo, the modular component. So, that technology for us is very, very, uh, it, it, it tremendously speeded up the implementation. Um, these are these modular equipment buildings are often used 
above uh, these buried um, um, coffins, you might call them, but it, huh. they're, they're, they're quite well appointed. And, and so he's got, he spent, you know, 30 years doing this stuff. And, and we came along and said, okay, this is perfect to speed up the technology adoption cycle, except that it's still really hard to get projects through even before the virus. What is the number one issue, right? Putting aside permitting and all that, it is the money, baby. Oh yeah, it's all about the money. It always comes back to the money. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, um, we had that problem before and you remember how the virus accelerated everything? Well, now we, okay, now we really have a money problem. There was a money problem before, uh, but now um, Steve and Claudia, well, they, they, don't, they don't have that money. And we came up, we evolved this model where now these units are so elegant, such elegant solutions that we've got a solution for your pond, hmm. for your manure lagoon, that's 75K. And it's literally, it's a diving platform. Don't dive off of it, please. Diving platform with um, like these icicles beneath it, which are like uh, bio film structures, right? Okay. And they're very cool, modern, uh, very advanced, um, sort of a fractal ceramic kind of material, very kind of like coral reef kind of concept, okay. lots of surface area. And so that you just roll it out, just up like a, you know, back it down into the, into the manure lagoon and let it sit there. And a couple months later, the entire lagoon's clean. Why? Because the beneficial bacteria have, have destroyed all the ammonia, all the phosphorus and have cleaned up the oxygen uptake problem. And so now you have a healthy pond. The water is literally. So you guys could convert a swamp. Yeah, but not only that, a a a swamp with a lot of you know valium, (laughs) whatever people eat, is you know a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy metals. We discuss it all the time. I mean, even though I I mean my we have this community. This house was built in 1910, and my wife's great grandmother's house. And this community is on city water, but it's like okay, I tell you all the time, like that stuff is still in your city water. I've had like expert uh, people with very very uh, successful PhDs explain that to me. Like, your water's not as clean as you think it is. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a EWG, Environmental Working Group, has a great zip code database. You can look up your zip code and see what's exactly in your tap water, and you'll be very afraid. Mm. I think uh, I think Pelican Water uh, specifically supports that in order to so people go buy whole whole home treatment systems. Makes their marketing better, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> thanks for making that data public. Uh, you just well, made our sales and marketing easier. <laughs> well, this is why, you know, semantic supports uh, virus writers. No, that was a joke. Anyway. <laughs> well, hold on. So these systems you backed into the pond. Now, when I was looking at your tech earlier, is that using the same electrode arrays as two, or is that a different tech for a different system? Brand new. Uh, we have, uh, we have. Um, I'm going to share that, that too. Working, I, was, I was like, ooh, I love, I love tech. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's some, that's some really fancy stuff. Um, and so what this. That that is that's our electrocoagulation technology that came out of the whole um, uh, algae thing, yeah. and that is being used. Um, if you um, you can you can play a video, right? Yeah. Okay. Go to. Um, is it on YouTube or is it on your site? No, 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 no. I'm going to give you a, a portal. Uh, go to offering.originclear.com. And this is our, our, our new our crowdfunding. Go ahead, enter an email address. Okay. Now this is the, our, our crowdfunding offering. And just uh, play this, this video right here and you can maximize it. Yeah. Well, obviously we won't see the audio. Well, you can turn on computer audio on, on Zoom. You gotta, un- you gotta unshare. Let me pause. You got to unshare, and then when you go to reshare, there's a there's two checkboxes at the bottom of your share window that say use computer audio and optimize for video. That's right. I've been running webinars all day, and I forgot that I had all that off. <laughs> that should be good now. Let's try that now. Got it. Coming through fine. I'm hearing it fine. Yeah, but not seeing it. All right, one second. Why is this not going through? Oh, I see why. There we go. You're 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 up now. So when 
Estimados amigos y colegas, es un gran honor para mí hablar con ustedes en este día tan memorable. Hace tres años ustedes nos hicieron una promesa que integrarían nuestra tecnología en su sistema completo para el tratamiento del estercol. About three years ago, Depuport went to research the treatment of hog manure. They came upon our technology and reached out and we negotiated with them a license. Now, three years later, they've built a working commercial system. Wow, it's proven and it's working amazingly well. Origin Clear Technologies, ese apoyo que nosotros hemos necesitado al final de nuestro largo trabajo de 20 años, la participación de Origin Clear. Muy importante para el éxito que estamos teniendo con la puesta en marcha de nuestra planta piloto, la tecnología Origin Clear que ha simplificado, dentro de que es una parte compleja del otro sistema, eh, nuestra reacción ha sido, wow, esto es increíble. Well, let's pause that, because obviously people listening to podcast world um, want to learn more about you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to make sure my VAs get this linked and embedded into the blog article as well as something that people can pop into. So uh, let me switch back here. So, well, not only that, that, that page that I took you to is a great brag page. It has, you when you get to the end of it, it's got a video of my brother drinking oil water that was literally came out of an oil pond. And two seconds later, he's drinking it. Unbelievable. And he actually survived. So there you go. In how much time? Like it was, well, more like um, about, a, it's a real time process. It takes yeah. about three. If you, uh, yeah, you scroll. Cool. I'll let you do it offline, but yeah. um, the point I'm making is that our technology is in use today, for example, in animal farming and also uh, uh, currently um, in use in the, in the Permian to disinfect wells, for example, uh, to make them sweet. But, you know, what we're talking about in the case of the trailer park thing is a novel uh, partnership we have with a, a vendor who shall remain unnamed because it's a trade secret at the moment. And so this cool ceramic, that the very advanced ceramic, that they have solves this problem very elegantly, more importantly, cheaply, right? And so most of the cost of that 75K is actually permitting and all that design stuff. The materials cost is very low, which means we can scale it up once we standardize it. And what we realized was, look, if something is cheap, let's say between 75K and 125K end price, complete, installed and working, that is small enough that we can do short-term leases, like mm -hmm. renting a TV. Now, Steve and Claudia, all they have to do is pay first, last, and security, and they'll get this machine, and they'll start paying. If they stop paying, it's still our property. We go get it, we bring it out. So it has to be portable, right? True. And if they don't want it anymore, same thing. So they're paying high rental rates. They always have an option to lease out or buy. Or buy so it's their decision. And this is something that they can have tapped into their main water line. In their home, for well, example. No, it, it it no. Literally, all it does is it is it fixes. It is the, the the diving platform connected to a 20 amp line for a single pump, and it just rotates the water through, and it it just cleans up the pond. That's wow. all it does. No digging, no sewage, no pump stations, nothing. Mm -hmm. And and so it's it's it. This is what Dan Early is brilliant about is these elegant, simple solutions that are that break the cost barrier and enable these rentals of water equipment, literally like a U-Haul model for yeah. water treatment, which is like, oh my God. Now you get away from the whole capital problem because now an investor, we go to the investor and we say, guess what? We're going to take a percentage for managing this. But even after the percentage, you're going to make 18 to 20% annual and we'll still have the asset in our hands and you do nothing. How's that for a return? People go, um, yes. I was going to say, that seems pretty simple to me. So. Right. Uh, because what we say is, of course, uh, it's a zero percent economy. And it's actually worse than that because we know inflation's coming mm -hmm. big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, 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 um, the tail of the whip is coming at the end of this year when everything is going to go kind of nuts on prices between the Fed giving away dollars and also the supply chain, crops rotting in the fields, you name it. So um, between inflation And the fact that already, you know, it's a 0% in terms of bonds and so forth. So your money is not safe and um, it's becoming less so. So what does that mean? Um, did you see that, they, that the Treasury is enabling companies to take the $1,200 stimulus out of people's accounts I, if they owe something? Yeah. I, please kill me now. I was like, that was not the point of the stimulus. 
you know, the point of the stimulus is to help people buy food and survive. No, the point of the stimulus is to help big corporations. Wow, I know. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's frustrating as hell. I'm like, what? What just happened? What? Yeah. Like I said, we we joked around about the PPP earlier. I mean, it's unfortunately very fresh. Like, I I try and joke about things because I'm like, all right. Yeah. The pain. I could have predicted that. But um, anyway, so, and and this is not a political statement because- It's real. The 2008 recession, they did exactly the same thing with mortgages. They destroyed people's mortgages. So I called they, this too. I was like, oh, what, 12 years later? Hello, people. Right. We're doing the same thing. Like, this people time look it's up, not people want mortgages. That, this weird it's the paycheck. Yeah. It's like a, it's, right. you're trying to get this short term win, but you're forgetting that it's not a win. It's going to bring a lot of other long term effects from it. So, yeah. Yes. So we're in strong agreement there. But the point is that the investor, normally has no way to get decent returns that are secure. By secure, we mean if, if you allow that, that water treatment plant to be built into the property mm-hmm. and now you become a claimant in a, in a, for, in a uh, foreclosure or a liquidation, good luck, right? Yeah. And so um, you know, major apartment networks are just falling apart because people aren't paying their bills and you don't want to be the second or third or fourth in line on getting collections. So we realized it had to be something where we literally, it's like renting a TV in the poor part of town. You want to be able to go in and take it. Thank you very much. That's our TV, right? Yeah. Without that power, you're at risk. And so what we have is a model where we can put in decentralized water treatment systems and have them be good investment vehicles. And it solves the problem for the end user. Steve and Claudia can now sell their property. Now the next guy can either choose to keep it or say, take it away. When we, when he says, fine, take it away, we refurbish it, it's back in our fleet. It's like the Hertz rent-a-car model for water. How cool is that, right? Yeah, so yeah. we really just disengage the whole water industry from its brick and mortar problem. Now, here's where we're going. Right now, these are proofs of concept. Remember Airbnb started, I listened to their, their startup conversation. They started with two apartments in downtown San Francisco. Yeah. That was the start. And they did it themselves. They made this thing work. And then they pull away and started running the app. So you have to start by doing it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing here. We have the, the trailer park example we're working on. We have another one involved with uh, pool flushing where you renew the pool water. That's a cool thing that's actually gone live. We're shooting a uh, video on it uh, in Phoenix tomorrow. Um, and then the third thing is doing the, 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 what we call the bobber, which is this uh, diving platform for animal farms, right? Nice. Because the animal farm should have that zero, zero waste uh, thing that was shown on the video, but that's a half million dollar solution. And guess what? Oh yeah, I, guess, I was saying those big factory sized, factory farming with pigs, the big pink like poo ponds and all that stuff, like that yeah. is toxic. Yeah, and so um, in in Europe, for example, there's strict ammonia uh, requirements, and you know places like Spain have a real problem because blah blah blah. So um, what we're dealing with here is we can implement a bobber for you in your little animal farm, and now your your ammonia problem goes away, your smell problem goes away, the phosphorus, and it becomes healthy. It's got oxygen uptake, so that later when you get around to it, you can do your zero waste thing. And you can still leave the bobber there to pre-treat the water for the zero waste and everything. Sure. So you get the upsell. Yeah. So what's great about this is we get people going, solve their immediate problem. Now they can you know, relax and get on with life, which is what this is all about in this economy. And later on, when things recover, guess what? You'll spend the half million dollars and we'll be your vendor because we took care of you during the crash. Okay. So that those are the three verticals we're working right now. And once we've done that, we want to pull away and become a Zillow, right? right? Marketplace. Make it more turnkey. Uh, water companies that want that. Oh, I got a mobile home. Uh, or, or I got a uh, housing development in Atlanta, Georgia, and I want to, you know, do some black water reflush, put up the project. And then we do, we, we need to be in there doing the technology verification. That's kind of what, like what Airbnb does to make sure that it's copacetic. And then uh, Uber does that too. They have yep. certain standards. They standard maintain. protocols and guidelines. Yeah. Right. And then the investors can come in also will help investors syndicate. So eventually they will do the $5 million projects, but as a group, we see this as essentially Uberizing the water industry. Right. And that to me is so exciting because finally we can get some traction in this industry because we can, it's scalable. There's no limit and we, it doesn't have to pass through us. Right. 
That's well, the limit to anything. This goes back to why I love crowdfunding too. I mean, not the same conversation, but the same point. It's like you put the power in the power of the people. Like it, 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 that's that's where it is. That's where like there's there's a percentage of the population that understands what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute, I, I, get, I get some control here. I get some power. I could directly invest in this. That's awesome. That's why I love, I mean, I, I've, run, I've run five major crowdfunding campaigns now. Uh, if, wow. if, I mean, the most recent one was my client's movie, Fat, a documentary, Truth About Healthy Fats. Uh, nice. He was, he was, he is, was the trainer to the stars in LA. So, um, yeah, one of your local guys. So, but I'm a big healthy is, fat guy. Huh? Big healthy fat. fat does not make you fat. Correct. That's, you know that. And well, that's our movie. <laughs> it's it's going back a hundred plus years and, and teaching all the truth. And we had all the top health influencers in the movie. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but again, we proved it. Like we put it out there, people mm-hmm. funded it. So we made it. There we go. So the people want it. So that exactly. So, and, and on top of it, what you have is, is this is why we like, uh, cause we, I was showing you through the funnel for our 10% dividend regulation a offering, which is uh, a crowdfunding for, for, for equity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you, why we like doing, we're offering 10%. That's maybe a lot, but guess what? It's better than working with Wall Street because these are people who care, right? So they're not just going to like launder the money through to take care of their own freaking bottom line. These are people like, like the people who, who invested in your fat documentary. They, yeah, they care about the maybe some bennies or whatever, but they really want to get the movie made, right? Yeah. You so, have, and, and, and some people may be directly affected and they invest more, right? So people who have right. lost hundred pounds, thanks to somebody like Vinny, for example, they invested more into the movie because they had a personal story to tell. In this situation, you might have people who have families suffering with poor water and somebody mm-hmm. in that family can't afford to invest in something like this, right? So you're going to have a passion, uh, the heartstrings behind that. So, Well, Scott, for years now, I've dealt with, um, you know, I have an open line. When I send out my newsletter, people hit reply and it goes into my inbox. And I actually, you know, it goes out to 24,000 people and I get a lot of responses and people go two things. One rigs, you know, you haven't yet made it, but we love it. Keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other one is rigs. You haven't made it and I'm severely disappointed and you're not, you're a nasty guy. Those two things. Well, those, um, okay. So what we do know from that is that people really, really care about water, really, really care. Absolutely. And so, and until now, I was so frustrated because I go, I hear you. I hear your pain and I share the pain. But we are behaving like a biotech with this endless process. But now it's different. Now you, you, you will hear this, the name of this startup that we're incubating right now. For the first time, you'll hear it here, which is called Investor Water. Investorwater.com. Is, the .com is not yet up. It like has, a, yeah. has a picture of a Norwegian fjord on it right now. But uh, <laughs> coming soon. But um, very shortly, we'll have a website there. And it's very simple. It's this Zillow model, but we're starting with the proof of concept. And that is the thing that I think is going to blow it out. Now, I was talking to you about this uh, crowdfunding and what is fueling this for us is uh, now is this um, Regulation A offering, which has exploded. Um, Monday before last, we launched it. We're at 150K already. I mean, and this is $500 minimums. Yeah. Oh my God, the power of this. And how long has it been live? This is uh, almost two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's, literally. that's actually really strong. I mean, we we raised a quarter million to make that movie. Um, and we did it on, instead of Kickstarter or Indie, we did it on Indiegogo. But the mm. point was, it was interesting. We were, we were even surprised at the, like we fully funded the movie in less than three months. So it was like, okay, that was not, that was faster than we expected. <laughs> right? Oh, so. it's, it's revolutionized the whole uh, indie uh, model, of course. That's why I love and, crowdfunding. You know, it's like right. you can do stuff like you're doing. Like, hey, let's take outside the box. Let's put the proof of concept in the power of the people. And yeah, so here's our compact that that we've made with with the investors. It's like, look, we're going to maintain our existing static business just because we need the base load, and we also need the expertise and the manufacturing capability. And we're going to we're, we are rolling out, and we have already activated this new investor water concept with you know, actually testing it with real investors and stuff like that. And then we'll take it down the road and you'll help us and you'll get 10% per year, uh, which is 10% in a 0% economy. That's what we say. The second thing we say is get paid to wait because why? Every single one of these dollars can be converted to free trading stock down the road. If we do become a unicorn, you go, hey, this is cool. I'll convert my investment, my $500 
into stock, and you get a discount at that time. And so it's a win-win. You get your yield product now, which is very generous, and it's a solid company. We've paid 27 months of dividends, all that stuff. And you have this opportunity to flip it into equity. And yeah. to me, that that is a um, that that's so exciting, and and people are responding. So um, what we really have here is an opportunity, Scott, to do what was done for the hotel industry, for the transportation industry, et cetera. But now the water industry is getting its turn. And uh, I finally well, feel- Water that- is life. So I think this is, it's a basic fundamental expectation. And let's just be real. We've been treating this planet like it's our toilet. So this is needed yep. in an exponential way. <laughs> so- You know, there's a stat, that's crazy stat. It still blows my mind. What percentage of sewage is traded in the, treated in the world? What percentage is treated in the world? Go ahead. Five percent. Well, you're being because I mean, third world countries, there is no sewage system. You know, right? Right. So what you have is uh, it's twenty percent overall. Twenty. Meaning in 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 the U.S. and 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 the West, Europe is even better. It's more like seventy eighty percent is is treated, and but then there's countries where it's five percent or zero. Right. But guess what? It's the same freaking ocean, right? Yeah. So. You know, uh, Bangladesh is doing whatever. Well, it's, stuff makes its way over to us, right? Um, and so we, we're on the same bubble, and we've got to. And so what I've what I finally feel so good about is the fact that we've been able to take the limiters off. The, the the blinders have been taken off the water industry. Here's a model that can be adopted, and that ultimately will turn into, um, and that's we'll get into a very futuristic thing that we were doing a couple of years ago. Um, there's a swear word called cryptocurrency. Oh, and yeah. uh, that the the ultimate vision is a grandmother in Korea presses a button and funds a trailer park in Alabama, right? So that is that amazing vision of decentralized funding is actually coming to fruition. But without all that blockchain stuff, it's not necessary. I'm an investor. I have, I tell, I, I can't knock something unless I try something, right? So that's, I mean, I don't- oh, I, Believe me, I, I I made a lot of money in 2017 and I lost a lot of money in 2018. There you go. And uh, that was quite a good experience. I think I came out even. So all good. I'm um, actually still ahead. Yeah. Nice. Good work. I, I don't know how. Well, I, I haven't I looked have... at it in months, but I just I walked. I logged in like a week ago. I'm like, oh, I'm still ahead. Okay. Because I, I didn't care. I took a percentage right. of like that's what people understand about investing, right? Right. Right. You have to figure out what your I don't give a shit number is. <laughs> And then it's a lot easier because people are like, oh, I'm investing. I'm like, no, you gave your money away. You have to, under I learned this from a great investor. He's like, I know you say you're investing, but the money has left your ownership and it now belongs to somebody else. So yes, it'd be wonderful if it always makes money. But he's like, you have to have that, I don't give a shit quotient, I think he called. Mm -hmm. And then it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> so. Yes. So, so, you know, what I feel right now is, the, is that is that this is a model that is going to going to rev up nicely yeah um, got that it's 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 now field tested we have a couple of deals cooking so so now we ha obviously there's a lot as a death march ahead where we have to make this thing work but uh i'm super pumped about the fact that people can go to originclear.com big red border at the top they can't miss it invest put 500 yeah, bucks and it in. clicks to that offering .com, which is what we were scrolling around on there so yeah 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 so um, I, we love it, and uh, you're right that that the crowdfunding model is is the way to go. Um, until very recently, we didn't have it. We dealt with accredited investors, which you you know you're constantly having to go around and find that one person in a hundred, and they're being it's so much work, and they're being besieged by everybody, right? So this allows us to open it up. Finally, I can give a good deal to everybody. Thank you, Namaste. Like I said, I I love crowdfunding. I'm glad you guys chose it because. It's like I, I we watch my wife and I watch Shark Tank. I love I just love it from the entrepreneurial stories just to see how people, you know, succeed and don't succeed and how the pitches are taken and all that. But I also that's why I love crowdfunding too. Like I, I've lost track of how much stuff I probably own or I've invested in. <laughs> I know. Like I mean, I'm a huge cyclist. Some of my tools in my garage. I took a year to bring it to fruition, but now like the the stuff is arriving. So I have unique things in my bike shop that nobody else has. Cause my buddy's like, where'd you find that? I'm like, I invested in it. <laughs> right? right. And that's cool. It adds, it adds a nice little fun backstory, but it, it, for me, that's why I promote it so much on the show when I can, is that it's, it, it's a, it's a piece of empowerment. You know, you, it's something real, you know, it, in the markets and eh, hopefully that all works, but right. This is like, okay, you know that something is working. 
it's there. You own it. Oh, and you might actually make something back on that. <laughs> and and the, the people feel like they own a piece of, of the project, which yeah. is super important because now, you know, it doesn't, okay, fine. You make 10% on your $500 investment. That may be not a lot, be a lot of money, but also you feel, hey, I'm, I'm helping this happen. Making money, cool, but I'm also helping this happen. Hey, all and the crowdfunding I've done, there's no nothing else coming back for me. I mean, sometimes I get products, you know, sometimes I get books, right. whatever I invest in, but I'm not getting any payments back. But that's a that's a whole other layer. It takes takes uh, another layer that you guys have there uh, in the crowdfunding world that is not normal. So that's pretty cool. I didn't I never knew like you're the first person I've talked to. You can connect crowdfunding and investing and make it work. <laughs> Well, Regulation A is going to be more and more of a story, um, but you know, we actually set a precedent, like literally Wall Street is going, whoa, you did that, to have a, a yield product, preferred share product that can convert instantly to free trading shares, free trading shares at a discount, a 20% discount the day of, yeah. oh my God. That's a powerful vehicle. That's and pretty cool. It's new. It's brand new. So well, you know what it is? It, it actually prolongs my crowdfunding experience, right? Because you put mm -hmm. in right away. Great. You've, you got that. You get the 10%, blah, blah, blah. But that's also like, wait a minute. Like, If the initial crowdfunding and the continued crowdfunding continues to succeed and the company grows, and then if, if it does the unicorn and goes public and you get, well, oh, I'm back in the game again for like round two at a whole different level. It's like more VIP experience. So. Uh, that's great for those people who have the long-term mindset. Well, a lot of people don't care. In fact, we don't emphasize the sure. convertibility because it's complicated for a lot of people, but um, the higher net guys, higher net worth guys understand. But let me tell you, it's very simple. 10% in a 0% market. Thank you very much. Done. <laughs> well, listen, Riggs, I've had a blast today. Um, I have to get ready for another show. It's a busy Friday night. Um, I love... I, I love the fact that this is working. Like I said, I, it's the first time I've ever heard of a schedule, all that. I'm like, whoa, that's another layer of crowdfunding. You've just helped me geek out in a new way. So, uh, that's why I love podcasting. People understand why I've been doing it for almost four years. I'm like, because I'm learning something new every single day. Besides the fact, obviously, the importance of clean water, which is super fun. I mean, uh, that one image I shared earlier for the people watching this on video is like literally oily water and then the four bottles showing like the transition to clear. Right. It's right, right. crazy. Um, and it's crazy that you're using ceramic. Like it just, I never would have thought of me. I have ceramic coated tools and stuff and, and like kitchenware. Right. But I don't think about uh, a sterilization, sterilization factor using, you know, that is just one of the materials. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a special ceramic that's fractal. In other words, it's got unlimited surface area. It's mm -hmm. like super like, like uh, almost uh hairy ceramic almost hairy ceramic yeah. you might say huh crazy crazy Fuzz, fuzzy ceramic yeah exactly. <laughs> this is pretty cool uh i'll be definitely digging even deeper into your stuff now i mean I, I i dig in a lot to get ready for the show but i'm like okay this is one of those i'm going to be poking around through all your content now uh and probably becoming an investor so uh, just to throw that out. All right. There. I'll, I'll put in for a commission. No, I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Very happy to have you on board. Thank you. Yeah. Scott, it's been such a pleasure talking about what's happening right now with Origin Clear. And and uh, people should uh, sign up for my newsletter at the very least. Yeah. It's, and you have a podcast too, right? Correct. I Water's the New Gold. I do a weekly briefing that people can, can uh, participate on Zoom. And um, it's really fun because I'm able to chat like this about what's happening in real time. And uh, talk about, for, we haven't even got into it, but you know, our reduction of glyphosate roundup directly, yeah. you know, that people who have a lot of roundup in their system are much more COVID, um, oh, absolutely. Uh, affected. Yeah, it's well, a guess highly what? toxic element in our bodies. It should not be there. So, so it reduced the stats show that literally the studies show that people who do badly with COVID have high glyphosate, high roundup in their system. And therefore our tech reduces it. And we're now looking at a very um, bold move in that direction, which I won't get into. But let's just uh, hint that Elon Musk did something like that with the patents for Tesla. And I won't say more than that. There you go. I like it. Well, listen, uh, I do ask uh, one extra favor of my guest co-hosts. Um, this is actually great for your mission and what you're doing here, because I asked you guys to help close the show out. And then I'll have you hang tight after I stop recording. And then I'll say goodbye and pop you off the air. But um, this is just some final words. And actually, over the past four years, I've changed it from, hey, do you have some final words to leave behind to more of a, I've, I've been inspired over the years that, you know, what is your, 
legacy that you're leaving behind? Like, what is that mission behind why you, you, you went this way? And usually somebody has a nice little statement to close out with or purpose behind why we do all these things that we do in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> the masochism. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's really interesting because um, I came up through, you know, through the nonprofit space. And so it was all about saving the world. And, and then um, in the eighties, I ended up um, in tech. And the reason I ended up in tech was I started feeling that tech has the potential to change the world. Right. Um, for example, the self-driving car has a potential to eliminate that 14 fatalities per 100,000 that we live with on a daily basis. Um, and it's also a double-edged sword. Technology can be used to surveil people, whatever. But it's net, net I think it's, we're never going to get handled climate change, for example, without tech. It's not going to be done by legislating people to consume less or whatever. We have to literally leapfrog with technology. And that's why I went through the dot-com and... And then I found myself in water and I feel that by applying the technology leapfrog to water, I can really help make a difference to the planet. And that's, that's what makes me, you know, work the crazy hours and, and uh, deal with, um, you know, nuttiness because like you, I feel like what I'm doing is so important. And I, and I love the, the, the excitement that people have. I feel it on a daily basis and it's, it just keeps me going. That's awesome. See, that's why I always have you guys close out the show. It makes it easy for me. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> those words. Listen, hang tight for a second. Say goodbye, goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we went from algae to oil to life-saving water to taking crowdfunding into more of an investment theme uh, at another level. So you guys definitely learned a lot today because I did. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Riggs helped us do it today. Remember, this will all be linked on the internet, on the website, on the blog notes, everything else. But uh, if you hear it right now, go check out offering.originclear.com. And then by the time this airs, you'll be able to go check out investorwater.com probably too. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Live the Fuel.